Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your mercy. You're faithful. You're faithful even when we were unfaithful. For you could never deny yourself, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That you're a God who never changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Father. And that, Lord, your word is eternal, eternal, forever settled in the heavens. Father, that your word is exalted above every name. That the entrance of your word brings light. And therefore, Father, this morning we come, Lord, for this last Sabbath of this year. Father, speak to us. Not the words of man, but your words. Speak to us, speak through us, through me, O Lord. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say, even in this last hour of time. Anoint us to that end, we pray, and prepare us for the coming days. That we will, Lord, will look forward, look ahead with expectancy in our hearts to what you're going to do for us, O Lord. That who you're going to be for us, more importantly. I pray, Father, that, Lord, you prepare us. And therefore, I pray that you bless and anoint the speaking and the hearing of this word this morning. Touch us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So the last Sunday of uh, 2019, before we enter into 2020. So I'm, I'm not going to teach anything new in principle. Even though if I may be looking at scriptures, we haven't possibly looked before in our uh, teaching sessions and preaching. But principally, we're not looking anything new. We're just looking through the year as to what God has taught us. In a nutshell, to remind ourselves, to strengthen ourselves of the promise that God gave us in the beginning of the year. And that he said He was gonna, this year is going to be the year of overflow. Could mean so many things to so many people. But, you know, God is always faithful. And every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus, right? So this morning, I just want to look at one passage in the light of what we've been listening to, especially during our fasting and prayer, about the coming rain. And even as I was preparing this sermon, I just stumbled upon, not stumbled, I was searching and I found this very interesting passage in the in the book of Zechariah, and I'm going to read from Zechariah chapter 10. Uh, let's read from verse 1 onwards. Zechariah chapter 10, let's read from verse 1 onwards. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. That's a fantastic verse, right? Ask the Lord for rain. And we've been hearing that, that we, uh, pastor keep, kept, keeps telling us, the sound of the rain, First Kings chapter 18. Uh, Elijah is praying, he's on his knees. He says, I hear the sound of the rain. And he's asking his to, this servant to go back and forth, back and forth. And he, the servant keeps coming back and says, no, no, I don't see any rain, no sign of rain. And then he says, I know I already hear rain. And then he says, finally comes back and he says, I see a small cloud in the, in the form of a small hand. And Elijah says, prepare. It's going to be thunder. And we believe that the coming year is going to be a year of incredible latter rain. So he says, ask the, ask the Lord. I mean, we are not praying. So the way we ask Lord, 
even, even as we've been exhorted during our fasting and prayer, is praise Him with expectancy, right? The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain. Grass in the field for everyone. Hallelujah. Grass in the field for for everyone who eats grass. Comes here. For the idol speaks delusion. The diviners envision lies and tell false and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, the people wend, or other translations will use the word wander, their way like sheep. Notice that word sheep. So, the grass in the field for everyone. Who, who is that everyone? Obviously, it's talking to the sheep, which is a flock of God. And then he goes on to say, they are in trouble because there is no shepherd. And therefore, verse 3. My anger is kindled against the shepherds. And I will punish the goat herds. For the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Shaboth, will visit his flock. And his flock is made of what? Sheep. Fantastic. That's what we looked at. The house of Judah. That's the flock. He's defining it even more further. House of Judah. Judah means praise. And we're all Jews in the spirit. In that, whoever is circumcised in his heart, as we heard in several times, Romans chapter 2, will say he is a true Jew. So, the Lord of hosts will visit his flock, the house of Judah. And how is he going to visit his flock? By the rain. And the rain will cause a lot of what to grow? Grass to grow. So the Lord is, Lord of hosts is going to visit his flock with a lot of food, in other words. And he will make them into what? Into a royal horse. <laughs> Imagine the transformation. <laughs> From a sheep to a what? Or to a horse. And the horse which is ready for what? For battle. That's today's sermon. A horse ready for battle. You know why? Because we see the sound of rain. A horse ready for battle. Now tell me who's riding the horse? I I hope you understand. Now, interestingly, now think about this. Now think about it. If you actually read scripture and if you look at what uh, the connotations for the word horse through the Bible, most of the connotations for horse is negative. In, in other words, you know, vain is a strength of a horse. Most of the time it says. He tells the kings of Israel, don't go back to Egypt to buy horses. Some trust in Chariot, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. The horse is made ready for the battle, but who, who, the victory comes from whom? From the Lord. So if you look at the, 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 the word, I mean, the, 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 the Bible, biblical, um, uh, teaching for the word horse, you'll find it's more of a negative connotation. God is not really positive about the horse. Except in a few places, and one, I'm gonna show you another place. I mean, I don't have to show it. It says in Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 9, you don't have to turn there. He says, he looks at his church and he says, you look like the chariots which is drawing Pharaoh's horse. <laughs> Amazing. He compares his bride, you look like chariots, uh, sorry, horses drawing the chariot, the, the chariots of Pharaoh. And, and most of the time, in the, in the Bible, horse, you know, your king is not coming in the horse, right? He's coming in a what? In a donkey. That's what he used. But later he's going to come back in the horse. We know that for sure. But who's riding the horse? Obviously, who's going to be riding the horse? Jesus is going to ride, ride the horse. He wants us to make us into a horse and he wants to ride. And for what purpose? There's a very interesting verse. We looked at 
the very first time when Grace Tabernacle Church started for the very first time, there's a very interesting verse in Revelation chapter 17 verse 14. These will make war with the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? Jesus, right? And the Lamb will overcome them. Who will overcome them? The Lamb will overcome them. For Why? Why will He overcome them? For He is the Lord of Lords and the... And? Why will He also overcome them? And those who are with him are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. So the reason why the Lord is going to win the war is because he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And also because those who are called, those who are with him are the what? Are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. In other words, <laughs> in other words, there is one side in Christianity where the, that is the Lord's side. 50%. Not 50%, 90% let's say. But the war is always won in conjunction with those who are the called, the chosen, and the faithful. That's essentially the idea. So God is want to, want, wanting us to make us into, from sheep into horse. Okay. So if you search the entire Bible, where God positively talks about a horse, and what kind of a horse, if you look at that slide, a horse which is ready for what? A battle. So this is a battle horse. Okay. God wants us to make us into a horse ready for battle. And I was studying and looking there. Where do you find a horse spoken in such positive ways by God himself? And especially a horse which is ready for battle. And you find, of course, that passage in the book of Job chapter 39. And this particular seven verses which I'm going to look at will be the meat of today's message. A horse ready for battle. You know why? God is sending rain to give us food in order to make us into what? A horse ready for battle. Job chapter 39 verses 19 to 25. Let's read that. And even as you read, Let's see how you respond. I mean, how you feel. I mean, feelings are sometimes bad, but uh, I mean, but uh, when I read this, I was like so excited. I said, "Baba, kya hai? Ye kya baat hai? Look at this. Have you given the horse strength? Have you clothed his ne- neck with thunder? Kya baat hai? Can you frighten him like a locust? His majestic snorting strikes terror. <laughs> he paws in the valley." And rejoices in his strength. He gallops into the clash of arms. This is like goosebumps only, no? Look look, look at the next one. He mocks at fear and is not frightened. Nor does he turn back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him. the The glittering spear and the javelin. He devours the distance with fierceness and rage. Nor does he come to a halt because a trumpet has sounded. At the blast of the trumpet, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of captains and shouting. Woo! That is a horse. I mean, when you read those verses, you have to say, Oh, wow, Lord. Kya baat hai? I mean, I said, this is what God wants us to make us into? Think about a sheep, no? Have you seen a sheep? Absolutely looks helpless, no? What does he want to transform those sheep into? And of course, by the way, he's not just talking about one sheep into a one horse. No, 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 no. He's talking about the entire flock into a horse. So he's essentially talking about the entire church. Okay, so what does he want? What is he going to do in order to 
in order to make us into a horse ready for battle. I want to look at each of these verses. I want to look at, I want to just, I mean, you can just dig into it and you'll just get lost. Okay. I don't want you, I want, I don't want us to get lost. Stay with me. Okay. I want to look at eight things. How many things? Eight things. Eight things as to what, how God wants us to make us into a battle horse, a horse ready for battle. First, verse 19. Have you given the horse strength? Answer, rhetorical question. He says, this is, this is the have you's. I mean, Job is so, so frustrated and he is so self-righteous and after that God is asking him questions after questions after questions. Do you know? Do you, were you there? Etc. And then he comes to the creation part and this is where he's, he's asking Job these questions to humble them, of course. Have you given the horse strength? Answer, no. Who's, from where does this horse strength come from? Obviously from God. Have you clothed his neck with thunder? First we look at, um, can, uh, can you frighten him with a locust? His majestic snorting like a terror. He paused in the valley. Let's look at verse 19 only. Have you given the horse strength? Have you clothed his neck with thunder? First, I want to talk about strength. Ephesians, so Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be where? In the Lord and in the power of his might. You know where the strength comes from? As long as you are in the presence where God dwells. I'll tell you something, no? It is where you ha- where the presence of God is, or, I mean, as less, as we, we kept, keep hearing this, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. There is, I mean, everything, all the blessings of God are yes and amen. In Christ Jesus. So if as long as you are in the Lord, you have strength. As as long as, in other words, as long as you are there in the presence of the Lord. That is the reason why one of the Psalms that we read at the end of the year, you know, very famous Psalm that we read at the end of the year. Any ideas? Psalm 90. No, remember Psalm 90? You know the, how it starts? It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place for all generations. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In other words, you know what 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 uh, Moses is saying. That's the Psalm of Moses, of course. Moses is saying, "Lord, you have been our dwelling place." You know where did God choose us? He chose us where in Him, even before the foundations of the world were laid. And when He called us, He called us into Himself. When we were baptized, we were baptized into Christ Jesus. Everything, the strength of a believer is as long as he is where in Christ. That is where the strength of the believer is. You see? And the strength of the believer increases even as Christ goes against the flow. Always, you know, Christ is always against the tide of the world. Do you know that? Christ is always against the tide of the world. You see, a fish out of water has no strength. The fish out of water has no strength. Uh, A crocodile out of water has no strength. Okay. As long as it's in, in the water, full of strength. When it's out of water, gone. Now, there's a, what, when I'm talking about flowing water, you see only rivers have flowing water, okay? And Christ is strong, and the strength of Christ in you keeps on increasing even as you go against the flow of the world. You know, Andhra, there's a, very famous fish called palasa. 
Pulsa, pulsa. Okay, pulsa. I'll tell you what pulsa is. Pulsa is found in the in the sea. Okay. It's it is about fifty rupees per fish. How much? Fifty rupees per fish. Now the pulsa, it's found in the uh, near, near close to the Godavari Krishna basin where the water flows into the sea, the river water flows into the sea. What happens is that some of the fish they start tasting the water which is coming from the river. The mud mixed water which is coming from the river and it starts tasting it and in order to enjoy that freshness of that water, it starts flowing from the sea across the stream, upstream and into the river. And even as it goes from being a palasa and starts moving upstream, it goes from, it goes upstream, upstream, upstream and it starts taking in that water from the river and the, and the, and the minerals in that, in that, in that, in that mud. Okay. And then we know what happens. It increases in its strength. It becomes, it puts on more muscle. It puts on more, more flesh and it was, it would have been maybe one kilo when it was in the, in the, in the ocean and it keeps flowing upstream and comes into the river and it becomes ilasa. Palasa to Ilasa. And Ilasa, it's almost 3,500 rupees a kilo. You know, the saying in Andhra is, become, at least, let, let, let you get into debt, no problem. But at least once in a life you have to eat Ilasa. You know why? It is the, one of the most delicious fish, 50 rupees fish, when it was in still waters. When it moves upstream, it becomes 3,500. Gain strength, gain strength. When it keeps moving upstream. This year. There is going to be a lot of opposition, my dear brothers and sisters. (laughs) In the Lord, upstream increase in value. Increase in strength. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9. You therefore my son be strong in the grace of God. That is where? In Christ Jesus. So how do we get this strength? How do we get the strength? Very simple. One way you get the strength. I'll show you how you get the strength. 1 John chapter 2. I write to you little children because you have known the father. I have written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you. The reason why you are strong is because you have devoured the word. You have devoured it. Strong because of the word. I, I, I really encourage you, brothers and sisters, start devouring God's word. Not just the milk of the word of God, but the meat of the word of God. Become strong. Digest. Start taking in more of the word of God into your life and then you become stronger and stronger and stronger. You see, 1 John chapter 2 says, this is for young men, right? Young men because you are strong, right? In Isaiah chapter 40 it says, even the youth will what? Faint. Do you want to be a young man who faints? No, 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 no. The youth, a young man, you want to be strong? You know how you become strong? By devouring the word. The word of God abides in you. That's the reason why it says in 3.16, one of the 3.16s in the Bible, Colossians chapter 3 verse 16, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You see that? Okay, so let the word of God richly dwell in you. That means take in as much as the word of God as possible. 
Now, the thing is, if you start taking the word of, I mean, it's like taking food and you keep on taking food, what will happen to you? You increase in weight. Okay, you become obese. The only way for the word of God to actually convert into strength is when you start practicing. You understand? So how do you practice the word of God? Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter, sorry, not... Uh, uh, this is uh, John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 31 onwards. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. <laughs> and he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to, him, said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? You know, whenever Jesus talks about something spiritual, they always look at the physical. That's the problem with many of us. Whenever Jesus says something, something in the spiritual, let us go to a lot of rain. Ah, Salary. Hike. How you start thinking, no? Ah, promotion. Four papers I will publish this year. Okay, PhD Ajayaga. Post. This is exactly how we think. But no, look at what he says. Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to him, My food is what? Is to not listen to the will of God, is to do the will of God and to finish the work for which he for which he has sent me. You see, in other words, the only way to increase in strength is to start doing the will of God. And what is the will of God? You will say. What is the will of God for my life? You know, the, uh, one of the common questions I get, if I, whenever I go to a youth meeting, one question, one questionnaire. How do I know God's will in my life? And whenever they say God's will, you know what the answer question is. No? No, we, we are not going to repeat that. What? How do I know God's will in my life? I'll tell you how do we know God's will. There is, there is what we call as the revealed will of God. And there is a specific will of God for each, each one of your lives. Okay? Everybody's specific will is different. But there is one thing which is common to all. What is the first thing common to all? I'll show you. For this is... Everybody say that. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. What is that? That you have to be... Set apart for God. You want to increase in strength and you want to become a war horse for God. Baba, separation is important. There is no increasing in strength without separating from the world. Okay. Friendship with the world is what? Enmity with God. The spirit in you yearns jealously. Therefore, whoever makes himself a friend of the world will make God his enemy. You see? To the will of God. And what is the will of God? Sanctification. Separation. And it's impossible. I keep telling you, you know, this is impossible. One of the ways that you allow yourself to be mentored is that you are not a part of the crowd. You see? You understand that? See, I I told you the example of Joshua, right? Joshua is, is, is not there here. He is not there in the mountain with, with, with Moses. Where is he? He is not with the crowd. Simple. What is he doing? He is not with the crowd. What is the crowd doing? Ah, where is this fellow Moses? We don't know. Make us an ark. Ah, sorry. Make us a god. And they are doing all kinds of natak. And this man in the presence of God, absolutely sanctified, set apart, he hears clearly from God, and then he's coming down. Joshua may not be as spiritually discerning as Moses, and Moses comes and says, uh, what is going on over there? Uh, I, I hear the sound of battle, says says Joshua. Uh, I think it's fasting and prayer, Brother Moses. I think they're all singing because of their uh, their praising and worshiping. No, 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 no. This is not fasting and prayer. This is not praise and worship. This is something else. But the point is, you may not have that kind of a discernment as Moses, but at least you are not the part of the crowd. And then you know what? Numbers 
27 verse 17, you don't have to turn there. One day, the hand of God comes over Joshua. You know why? Because he was set apart. He thought different. He thought completely different. But 12 spies went into the Canaan. He brought a different report. He had a different mindset. He was set apart. He was always following Moses wherever Moses went. He may not be where Moses was physically, but he was close to where Moses was. And even when Moses left, he did not leave the presence of God. You see that? You understand that? Sanctification is a very, very important pro- process. That is how you increase in strength. Okay? The more you are sanctified. Why, why, why are so many people weak? Because they are not sanctified. Why can't you worship on Sunday morning? Because the whole, whole week we have not been set apart. You find it very difficult. Why we find it difficult to overcome sin in our lives? Because we are not set apart. We're not sanctified, we're not set apart. And that is one of the reasons why. And if you see all people who have been used mightily of God, there was a time in their lives they were completely hid. As it says, it says in um, uh, Luke's Gospel chapter 1, if I'm right, about John the Baptist, it says, until his time of being revealed to Israel, where was he? He was dwelling in the wilderness. What was he eating? Locusts and wild honey. Amazing. Set apart. We set, we set apart. And how, was he physically strong? No. But wh- that's the reason why he says, what did you go into the wilderness, wilderness to see? A man clothed in, uh, fine raiment, fine raiment, those who are clothed in fine raiment, you find them in, in the, in the, in the, in the palaces, not there, not there in the wilderness. But what do you see? A man, more than a man, more than a prophet. See? Behold, right from the time of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God is, what? Is being overcome in, is being, is being conquered by what? Violence. A spiritually violent man, set apart man. If you want to grow in strength this year, be set apart for God. Set apart for God. I'll, I encourage all my young brothers and sisters, how much can I reiterate this to you? If at all, if I have to go back and live your life, I wish I could do it so differently. Right? Set apart. If so many of you, I mean, think about it, no? If those who are my age, my contemporaries, between 30 and 40 and 41. Okay? Think about it. If you can go back in your life and do so many things differently, would you you not have done? Absolutely. Set apart. Be set apart for God. Be hidden in God. Okay. And then Romans chapter 12 verse, verse, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable. We know this. And do not be what? Conformed to this world. Be set apart. How do you get, get set apart? But be transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is Good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. That is, that is being set apart. And how do you, that is how you know the will of God and you do the will of God. Second, second will of God. Very, very interesting. We know this very well. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God. Where? Uh, in Christ. In Christ, this is the will of God that you give thanks to God for all circumstances. What did I put in the brackets? Five star ad. I'll tell you why I put the five star ad. I just to make, remind me of this. Everybody knows already. <laughs> Some people have already seen it. Have if you have all YouTubers, no? So there was one five star ad. Generally, YouTube ad I skip because I quickly want to go to the next. This this interesting ad. There's a very old lady. She's sitting by a by a stool or rather I don't know a chair on the road, and she's waiting for the bus. Okay, she's waiting, sitting there, and even as she's sitting there, there's a young young man who's having five star. Munching and chewing and enjoying the five star. 
And then you know what happens? She she just uh, kicks, I mean, accidentally she kicks her walking stick and it falls onto the road. And she says, Bita, can you please uh, help me and get my walking stick? And that uh, the young man says, Ha, uh, Dadima, no problem. And he continues munching. He doesn't even pay attention. Bita, please, can you help me uh, with the walking stick, Bita? He doesn't, he just as if, he acts as if he, she is not even there and he continues, Dadima, I'll help you. And he starts eating. And she gets exasperated. This young man is not helping me. And she gets up from the seat and she goes down the road and she picks up the walking stick. And even as she's picking up the walking stick, one piano from the from the top floor falls onto that seat there. Boom! And crashes the entire seat even as she's out. She looks at the piano. She looks at the young man. And she says, thank you, beta, for helping me. I thought it was a very interesting thing. I'll tell you what happened. If the young man would have gone and taken the stick, what, where would she be? On the, on the, no, 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 on the, on the bench. And what would have happened? The piano would have come and fallen and she would have died. And he says, you know, if you eat five star, you'll become so, so much dar. And you will know what is help and what is not. I thought that was very interesting. But think about it, no? God did not help you. You thought. And you thought God made life difficult for you. Okay. 2019 may have been a a situation like that. God, Lord, please can you help me? And God, as if he was just eating his five star in the heavens and he was looking at you saying, ah, it's okay, okay, okay. I'll help you, I'll help you. Nothing is happening, Lord. And then you get up from your seat and you go there and boom, something falls there. And then you look back and you say, thank God you did not help me. Give thanks to God. You know why? Because all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose and therefore give thanks to God. Where? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And then you'll grow in strength. Do the will of God. Grow in strength. Now think about this. Now as there was one pastor, no? he had two daughters. Like Abigail and Emmanuel. Hmm? So Two daughters, they were twins, I, th- I, I believe. You know, uh, one daughter was smarter than the other. Um, so, uh, she was, they were writing the 10th class exams. One girl passed with flying colors. And the other girl flunked. The pastor called her and gave uh, the one girl 1,000 rupees and says, the girl who got uh, first, I mean, good marks, she gave 1,000 rupees and put, her, put it as a thank offering too in the church. And he gave the other girl 2,000 rupees and said, put as a thank offering in the church. And she said, Daddy, but I failed. Give thanks to God in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Can you do that? Can you do that? I don't know. 2019 would have been so many failures for you. I don't know what, what, what might have happened. God didn't seem to come through for you. But did you give thanks? Maybe you can take, just give thanks now. Lord, thank you for all the times when you seem that you did not help me. You say that in your own heart. Okay. Understand this. Okay. Thanks to God for those plans that which didn't come to pass. Okay, one one pastor, he said, after 20 years, I went back to my high school reunion. And I thank God for all the sweethearts that betrayed me. I said that was fantastic. 
<laughs> I love that, no? All the sweethearts that betrayed me, I thank God. If I would have got married to their sweethearts, I know what would have happened to my life. 20 years of high school reunion. The sweethearts have betrayed me. Thank Jesus for that, no? Think about all those things that God did not allow in your life. You know, I think about my own life, no? Honestly, you wouldn't believe how frustrating it is to see people whom you thought were a little more foolish than you become more successful than you. And you look at them and say, that, Lord, what, what is he? Associate Professor McGill University. I'm like, Lord, do you know what I used to do to him when I was in college? Steamroll him with my marks? You know, thank God. Thank God. If I was somewhere, somewhere, I wouldn't have been here and would have been completely out of the plan of God. Boy, I thank God. I thank God for all my apparent failures. See, in in the kingdom of God, and everybody says in the world, failures are stepping, stepping stones to success. They're all just, you know, speaking a lot of nonsense. It's only true in the kingdom of God. Because ultimately you will be successful. Because when you give and you accept the will of God in your life. Amen. How do you, how else do you go in strength? Look at it, look at what it says. And the child grew. Who is this child? Jesus grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. That's how you wax strong. You wax strong where? In the spirit. You ask God to fill you with what? With the spirit. And where is the spirit promise as long as you are where? In Christ Jesus. Baptize me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be what? Filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns, with spiritual songs. Galatians chapter 3. We look, look at this. We looked at it in several contexts. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Verse 2, verse 5. Therefore he who, what? Supplies the Spirit and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing from faith? No. Answer is by the hearing from faith. Therefore faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And even as you keep on hearing the word of God by faith. You know what God is going to do? He's going to fill you with the spirit and you will wax strong. You'll have strength in your inner man. I'll tell you why many people are not able to withstand circumstances. You know why? Because they're not strong in the word. They've not heard from faith. They're intellectually strong maybe. But deep down inside of their heart, the word has not really become spirit. Amen? So be strong in the spirit this year. That God work and continuously supply. There's another beautiful verse in First Peter chapter 4. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as the ability. With the ability or the strength which what? Who supplies? God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. Amen. So how do you increase in strength? By enjoying the word of God. And by doing the will of God and by being filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be strong. You'll be strong and ready for battle. Second one. Have you given the horse strength? Have you clothed his neck with thunder? A second thing I'm going to look at is what we call as clothing. Clothed. Clothed. What clothing is he talking about? The very first time the word clothed is mentioned in the Bible. Genesis chapter 3 verse 21. And also for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and 
clothe them. You see, clothe. What is this clothing? I'll tell you what this clothing is in a in a much more detailed way. But let me look at another verse. Forty-one, forty-two. Let's say forty-one, forty-two. Forty-one, forty-two. Is it? Is it? Very, they're addition to one another, right? They're neighbors, 41, 42. Are they neighbors really? What do you say? Okay, my dad will tell you why they are not neighbors. But anyways, Genesis 41, 42. Then Pharaoh took the signet off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and ah, clothed him with what? With garments of fine linen and put a where? Around his neck. What did, what did God clothe the Horse with, with thunder. Actually, the word thunder is uh, rendered as mane. Have you seen the mane? The mane of the, of the, of the, of the, it looks like thunder. Boy, what is this clothing? What is he talking about? What is this clothing about? I'll tell you what this clothing is. The Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph. When? And when did he change his garments? We learned it, right? The seasons, when God moves you from one position to the other, what does he do? He changes your clothes. From father's house into the pit, clothes change. From Potiphar's house into the prison, clothes changed. From the prison to the palace, clothes changed. What is God doing? I'll tell you something. God is going to do something in that, in our lives. He is going to clothe us with garments of fine linen. Who has garments of fine linen? If you look through your Bible, it's the priests who have the garments of fine linen. And what is he going to do? Put a gold chain which signifies authority around your neck. Why? Because he has tested you. Okay, I have chosen you in the water of affliction, in the furnace of affliction. In other words, have you ever seen Joseph trying to justify himself? No, 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 no. Uh, Patifar, how can you do this to me? Madam, how can you do this to me, madam? How much faithfully I have served you all these days. This is what you uh, repay me with. Did he ever try to vindicate himself? No. You know, clothes signify vindication. He never tried to vindicate himself. Whatever the clothing, he never tried to vindicate himself. He never tried to justify himself. He never tried to pretend what he was not. He allowed God to vindicate him at the right time. And God will do it. I'll show you this was. I think this is uh, beautiful, beautiful. You know, think about neck and clothes, okay? Snook, neck and clothes. This is the two things that you want to look at. Let us look at another place, Genesis chapter 27. And Rebecca took the choice clothes of her elder son, who? Esau. Which were with her in the house. And put them on Jacob, her younger brother. She put the skins of kids of the goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his. Ah! What are you clothed with? Esau. What are you calling yourself? Esau. Why? I want the blessing. Then she gave the savory food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her, of her son Jacob. Then what happens? Genesis chapter 27 verse 18. So he went to his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said, who is father? I am Esau. Do you see, trying to get the, the blessing of the firstborn through deceptive means. Trying to clothe yourself with your own righteousness in order to get the blessing from God. It's not going to happen. 
Not going to happen. I have done just as you told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. And then what happens? But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have done it, found it so quickly, my son? Because the Lord your God gave me victory. That's exactly what many people say. Hey, how come so quickly you are able to solve the problem? No, I did not look at the solution, Nami. The God gave me intelligence. You know, I, I see that most of the time, no? Whenever people want to go abroad, you know what they do? Visa documents. Abba! And one of the most important documents is your bank balance. Okay. They will get one crore that fellow CA will give you. What is your evaluation? One crore. Oh. Bank balance, 35 lakhs. That, uh, that uh, what is the consultant will put 35 lakhs in your account for one day. Okay. Why? All to get one visa. And then you'll say, Lord, give me the visa. And you'll go, is it your money? Yes, sir, it is my money. Is this your property? Yes, sir, it is my property. Okay, very good. Stamp visa, go. Whichever country. And then you come to church. The Lord gave me victory. I thank you, Lord. All things through deception. All things through deception. Huh. How come so quickly we saw? <laughs> this way. Because the God, God's process is a very tough process. You have to work hard, then you have to get scholarship, you have to get, you have to, you have to do a lot of other things in order to, you know, get genuine documents. But what, what do you do? You get your justification. You, you are like Esau, you are not Esau, but you want to get the blessing of the firstborn. Let me tell you, if God has given a blessing in your life and He has ordained a blessing in your life, not even you can stop it actually. But don't try to get God's blessing through deceptive means. What's on your neck? What's on your neck today? The hair of Esau? Can you imagine a a guy who's willing to clothe himself with somebody else's identity whom God says he what? Hates in order to get the blessing of the world. Think about that. To get the blessing. Think about that. What do you clothe yourself with? See, I, I like this verse in... No, I mean, just look at this narrative. So Jacob went near to his, his father Isaac and he felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, the hands and everything he felt, no? He said, this is Esau's hands and he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother's Esau's hands, so he blessed him. Then he said, are you really my son Esau? I am. Finished. After the words... You know what happened to Jacob, right? Until he really confessed, he clung to God and said, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And God said, what is your name? Jacob. This is what I am. I'm not going to, I'm not willing to justify myself. I want you to justify me. I want you to clothe me. Only when you clothe me, I have strength, I have power. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. We, we love this very verse very well. No? no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. Why? This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication is from me. Let God vindicate you. Let God clothe you. Don't try to clothe yourself. In other words, confess who you are. Don't lie. That's the reason why scripture says in Colossians, don't lie to one another. In Ephesians and even in Colossians. Don't lie to one another. Or even to God. 
First thing, don't lie to God. Of course, you can't know. Everybody knows you can't lie to God. Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to the heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other for everyone who exalts himself will be humble and he who exalts himself will be, I'm uh, sorry, humbles himself will be exalted. You see that? He says, that is the reason what, what, you, what, what are you going to clothe yourself with this year? Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. Put off concerning your former conduct. Hmm, you try to be, uh, want to be like Esau, right? Put off that Esau. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you may put on the new man which is in which was created according to God in what? True righteousness and holiness. Do you see that? True righteousness. True vindication. And for this, you know, a lot of humbling has to take place. You really, really have to be humble before God. And that is the reason why First Peter chapter 5 will say, Likewise, you younger, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one, one another and be what? Clothed. With humility. For God dresses the proud. But gives grace to the humble. And if you want strength to overcome. And you want to become a battle horse for God. You have to have God by your side. God dresses the proud. Gives grace to the humble. You know what the word resist means? God has got an entire army against you. That's what it means. The entire heavenly hosts is against you. That is what resisting means. How can you. If, if entire God is against you. It doesn't matter how many people are by your side. It doesn't matter. The army of heaven is against you. Be clothed. Clothed with God, resist the proud, gives grace to the humble, and therefore it says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That's exactly what happened to Joseph. Never tried to clothe himself. He allowed God, and he, through circumstances in his life, he humbled himself, humbled himself, humbled himself. Never tried to justify even once. Try to explain himself. You know, so, so many times you try to, I told you last time, everyone tries to explain themselves. Why? Because they are worried that they'll be what? Misunderstood. Are you please don't misunderstand me, no? No, every time you have to explain yourself, God says, don't have to. If I have a plan in your life, you don't have to explain to anybody. Going through situations, if they have reviled you, let them revile you. If they've called you, if for being a righteous man, if they've called you, all kinds of things know, know what they have done to my, to my son. Okay? So be clothed with humility. Alright. So can you be can you be clothed this year with humility? Final verse for that. No, what is Colossians chapter 3? You can't end without this. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. And how do you learn long-suffering? As Derek Prince said, by suffering long. And there's no other way. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against his brother, even as Christ forgave you, so also you must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Love, put on love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Covers a multitude of sins. Love clothes, that's exactly what God did to us. He clothed us with his love. Covered all of our sins. He paid for them all. Covered all our sins. Amen. So if God has covered all our sins, what do you do? 
overlook other sins. It's difficult, but ask God. That is how you grow in strength. That is how you become a war horse for God. The next one. Can you frighten him like a locust? His majestic snorting strikes terror. You know, one of the things that I love to watch is uh, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit just for the sound of the horse. And have you seen the horse snorting? <laughs> okay. You know, there's, there's a, how it, it the, the word in Telugu is very, Kayaniki kaludutadali. You know what Kaluduvadam, I'll tell you what Kaluduvadam means. You know when you, you see dogs on the street, right? They want to fight. You know how they show off their strength? That's what it means. And even as the horse is doing that, it's snorting. What is it doing? It's breathing out. The word snort essentially means a breathing out showing indignation and anger. Snorting. And what kind of a snorting? Majestic snorting. What does it do? It strikes terror in the enemy's camp. The moment you are clothed with the strength of God, the moment you are having, sorry, you are clothed with the thunder of God, and the moment you are in in God and absolutely clothed with the strength, you know what happens? Your snorting becomes majestic and it brings terror into the enemy's camp. We sing that song. I went to the enemy's camp and he took back what he stole from me. What is going to happen? The enemy has to release what is this snorting, Baba? What is this majestic snorting? Which strikes terror in the hearts, in the, in the, in the, in the heart of the enemy. What, what is this majestic snorting? Mark's Gospel chapter 1. Then they went into Capernaum. This is Jesus, okay? And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and did what? And taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out. See what is happening? Jesus is snorting. In other words, he is teaching. You see, most of the times, preachers of the word of God are angry at the people and not angry with the powers of darkness that is operating against the people. Most of people are angry with people. They are not angry with the powers of darkness. How many times, you know, know, Pastor James keeps telling us this, no? How many times were you angry with the devil? You are scared of the devil, angry with the people. You see, we try to argue with people, but we are never ever content with the enemy. It says, resist the devil and he will flee. Flee. What is this majestic snorting? He says, his teaching had authority. Now when there was a man in the synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out, what did he cry out? Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? Terror. I know who you are. Like it's like Jesus I know, Paul I know. I know who you are. The Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, be quiet, come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, came out of him. What happened? They all were amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine or new teaching is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. There's a terror in the hearts of the of the enemy. Why? Because he's got teaching with authority. God is willing to give you the same teaching with authority. And you know what is going to happen to you? Is God is going to use you just not to save your own self. He's going to use you to save others. That is the authority God is going to give us. 
And we need that. That's exactly what it says in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 15 onwards. And he said, go into all the word and preach the gospel to every creature. I mean, uh, it's, I like that word, every creature. I don't know why. Every creature, I mean, everybody. Okay, whoever accepts. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow who believe my in my name you will what? Cast out demons. You see, the first thing, you will cast out demons. You know why? Because you've been equipped with our authority, our teaching with authority, majestic snorting. My name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. That's exactly what happened to Paul, no? He went into that island called Malta. When I, when I, you know, the first time when I, I, I heard the word Malta when my uncle got me a t-shirt on which was written Malta. You remember? A fluorescent colored t-shirt, Malta. Okay. But then I read the scriptures. When, when, uh, Paul goes to this place called Malta. And you remember that, right? And everybody, and this, every, it's cold there and he takes a wiper. I mean, he's trying to help them and the wiper comes and Attaches itself to the hand. They all think this is a sinner. What kind of a crime he must have committed. Takes this viper, puts it in the fire, everybody's amazed. It will by no means hurt you. What is that? You know what God is going to give us? Authority to disarm the enemy. That's what God, God, God is going to give us. I come to you. You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you what? In the name of the Lord of hosts, whose name you have defiled. You'll be able to disarm. Majestic snorting. Look at what it says. Is it only for Jesus? Look at what it says in Acts chapter 8. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church. The enemy is thinking that he's going to strike terror in the hearts of the church. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And then, therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the word. And look at what it says. And verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. That is snorting. Majestic snorting. He preached what? Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And then what happened? And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which it did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was great joy. You see, this is majestic majestic snorting where you have power over the enemy. I'm telling you honestly, you should believe this. I'll tell you something. This is is a problem with the 21st century church. We we, are, we have we we don't believe in signs and wonders and miracles anymore. In many 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 churches, they don't preach this at all. I I, I told you that example, no? It's as if you know, twenty first century God has become less powerful. एक ज़माने में हमारा हमारा भगवान बहुत पावरफुल होता था. अभी थोड़ा कम हो गया क्योंकि अभी टेक्नोलॉजी आ गया थोड़ा कम हो गया. Power. What is that? In fact, he has to, he has got more power today. I mean, he ex- I mean, not that he has got more power, he displays more power because the sin has increased more and there's more demonic activity all around. Think about only Hyderabad, for example. In my, my, my days, Ganapati festival was small. How it has increased? By leaps and bounds. Every street has one murti. Every street. 
it's just and all new things. I mean, Mahankali also they're going to do it. Everything has increased in it's the demonic activity has only only increased. And what are we doing as a church? Are we really really equipped to face this? Do we have the authority, the teaching with authority, which is able to? overcome, are we really, really equipped with the word of God? Where people are really searching, you know, there are people who are really, really searching for God and they have open ears. Contrary to what we, what we see in a, recently we had one meeting in Patricia and his home. We had all, most of them from Hindu background. Not most of them, all of them from Hindus, Hindu background, all unbelievers. And they had open ears. I was so surprised by the way they were listening and respecting what was being Spoken. It's really interesting. There are people who really genuinely are searching for truth. And after the meeting was over, there was a Punjabi lady who came and said, you know what, I did not understand a lot of what you said because you were speaking partly in Telugu and in English. But please, can you come to my home and minister to me too? I thought it was so fantastic. You see, the people are willing to listen. But what we have to be, we have to be equipped with a teaching. With authority, we should not be scared. But we should be ready to give an answer. Equipped with the word of God. That is what his majestic snorting is. That means what? We have the power. Why do we have the power? Not because of anything. Because we have the teaching. And we have been surrendering ourselves to that teaching every day of our lives. And then what happened? The devil had... So this, I, I mean, I, I wrote this down um, uh, from uh, one of the very uh, books. I mean, very old Puritan books called uh, Christian in Complete Armor by William Grunel. This is what he has to say. The devil had a good re- has had has good have let Paul alone for he no sooner comes into prison but he falls a preaching at which the gates of Satan's prison fly open and poor sinners come forth. Happy for Onesimus that Paul was sent to jail. Look at what he says. God had an errand for Paul to do to him and others, which the devil never dreamed of. Nay, he does not only preach in prison, but he may do the devil all the mischief he can. He sends his epistles to the churches, that tasting his spirit in his afflictions, and reading his faith, now ready to be offered up, they might much more be confirmed. Look at what it says, goes on to say, and I mean, before I go there, uh, Philippians chapter 1. But I want you to be, want you to know, brother, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard that, and to the, all the rest that my chains are where? In Christ. And then look at what he says, the next verse. Powerful verse. And most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chains are much more to build, to speak the gospel more boldly. You see, this is what is happening. I like that stanza in Mighty Fortress is our God, you know. It says, uh, uh, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. A mighty fortress is our God. One, one little word. One little word can fill him. All we have to do is be equipped and we have to believe that word. So this morning, I want to ask you, how much of, see, this is, this is, you know, we have only, we have authority as much as we surrender to authority. We cannot have more authority than the authority to which we surrender ourselves to. 
That is the reason why the centurion looks at, looks at Jesus and he says, you know what? I know you are also a man under authority because I am also a man under authority. And he says, speak the word and my servant will be healed. See? Our, our teaching, our words will have majestic snorting as long as we are under the authority of scriptures. That is the reason why in Romans chapter 6 verse 17 he says, having, you were surrendered yourselves to that form of teaching and you know what? You were set free from sin and you became slaves of righteousness. You were set free by the enemy to deliver people out of bondage. Majestic snorting, my dear brothers and sisters. That is number three. First, we looked at strength. Second, we looked at clothing. Third, we looked at teaching. Okay. Third, next one. He paused in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He gallops into the clash of arms. What is pawing in the valley? The word paw, the Hebrew word paw means to dig. Where is he digging? In the valley. Let us read where else scripture talks about digging. Genesis chapter 27. Samir, you are one of our bright students. No kidding. Okay. Genesis chapter 27. And Isaac sowed in that, in that land during the time of famine. Okay. Okay. And Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. So that is a will of God. Okay. It is not thirtyfold, sixtyfold, hundredfold. It is hundredfold. Mathematics, how much you should get? Hundred. Okay. For God also, it is hundred only. Okay. No, 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 no. Hundredfold. Okay. The Lord blessed him. And how did he bless him? And the man became rich. And gained richer and richer. That's what the word is actually. And gained rich, riches and riches until he became very rich. Look at this. This is the, this is the word. Okay. This word rich, rich, rich. And the man became rich. And gained rich. And rich until he became during the fam- time of kya baat hai? Okay. This is a spiritual reality for all God's people. And then, he had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants so that the Philistines envied him. Be ready for that. Okay. Whenever you are becoming successful in the world, the Philistines in the church and outside the church. No, why, why am I saying Philistines in the church and outside the church? No, the sons of God Appeared in the book of Job in the presence of God. Who also came? Satan also came. And if Satan is coming there, what's the whole problem? What is this problem coming here? So Philistines are there outside the church and inside the church. Okay. So all the Philistines started envying. Now don't, don't say, Lord, who is this Philistine in my school? Don't think. Don't think about the Philistines. You could be that. Okay. As long as you don't deal with envy in your heart. And all of us are prone to envy. Okay, so he had possessions of flocks and herds, many servants, so that the Philistines envied him. And then what happens? Now the Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than us. And is he going to fight? No, 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 this is my land. No, no, no. He said, okay, fine, I'm going to go. You know, that is that is the beauty of Isaac. He never contends. If God has to has decided to bless you, let me tell you something. No, no power on earth, no scheme of man can stop the purposes of God in your life. Finished, except you. That is the reason why Pastor was telling us, Lord, save us from our self. 
Save me, Lord, from myself so that you can bless me. Can you imagine? That should be our prayer. Lord, save me from myself so that you can bless me. And then what happened? So, will Isaac argue? No. So, Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac, what? Dug. Again, wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham, and he gave them names that his father had given them. Okay, he started giving them names. And then goes goes on. And when Isaac's servants dug where? In the valley. And found there a well of fresh water. What happens? That is when the trouble starts. The herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek because they contended with them. The word Essek means contention. So he started digging. Now when you start digging into the word of God, and you go deeper and deeper into the word of God, and you start experiencing the fresh water of God in your life, you know what happens? Trouble comes. You know, like like uh, I like what Derek Prince said. The first sign that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit is what? Trouble. How do I know, Lord, that I've been filled with the Spirit? Trouble will increase. Oh, I got the gift of, I got the gift of tongues, isn't it? Wait for a while now. <laughs> Started the Trouble will start. What happens? Trouble started. And what happens? Is Isaac going to stop digging? Contention will be there. There will be opposition in your life. Will you stop digging wells of the word of God because you see opposition? And will you say, okay, okay, it's okay. Chal, 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 inta chal. You know what it goes? Next, next, next one, next place. He says, okay, fine. Then he dug another well. Okay, they quarreled, right? Okay, take it, Baba. Take it and go. Then they quarreled over that also. So he called his name. Sit now. I'll tell you what this quarreling is, no? Whenever I think about this, it's like this, no? Uh, you're preaching my word. That is my, my revelation. Are, whose revelation is this, Baba? Um, there is no new revelation. Already all revelation has been given. This is, my, the, it's plagiarism is a big thing in Christendom now. There is no copyright on the word of God. They think about it, no? That is mine. My revelation, you are preaching. I know from where you got that message. Yeah, somebody came and asked uh, pastors, wait, how do you study from where do you study? You know, our pastor gave a very, very interesting statement. He says, I milk many cows, I make my own milk. I like that. <laughs> That's exactly what I do too. I milk many cows, but this one, from Job chapter 39, it will be vain for me to say, but I think I am the first time I have seen in all my searching to the best of my knowledge. And that's exactly what we write in research papers also. To the best of my knowledge, this work has not been done before. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that this, to the best of my knowledge, this work has not been done before. At least to the, to the level of what I'm teaching you today. Then they dug another well and they quarreled over that place also. And, is, and they called his name what? Sitna. The word Sitna from which we get the word Satan. What means accusation. The more you start digging the word of God, the more accusations will come. You know, the, one of the signs that God is giving revelation to you and revelation, more and more revelation, you know what will happen? Increasing accusations. You know why? To discredit God's word in your life. You see, the only way they can discredit Jesus' message is by discrediting the messenger. 
slander will increase. If they have called the prince of the king of kings and the lord of lords Beelzebub, how much more they will call you? How much more they will call you? Thief. Oh, they will call you all kinds of names. Friend of tax collectors and sinners. Prostitutes, etc. And a wine biber and a glutton. Can you imagine the kind of names? This man, I mean, think about it. Not Jesus. What did he call me? Wine biber. What did he call me? Glutton. Think about the kind of names. We know who's fa- who, who our father is. We don't know who your father is. Didn't we tell you that you had a devil and you are a Samaritan? I mean, if he literally, literally had to flex, flex his muscles, all because of his teaching. All because of his teaching. And, and the, then the Pharisee said, why did you not capture him? No one spoke like that man. Finished. Fresh water kept on coming. It doesn't matter how much of opposition came to his name, how much of accusation the devil could throw at him. You know what? He never continued, stop digging in his life. Continue to dig. I'm telling you, my dear brothers and sisters, continue to start digging the word of God. Let there be a rich freshness of the word of God in, in your life in spite of all the opposition that you might face. And there will be contention, there will be accusation, and that is not going to stop if they call Jesus a wine biber and a, and a glutton, how much more they will call you and me. A servant is not better than his master. You know, in Christendom, the only, it's the only place where, you have, where the sishya cannot be more than the guru. Guru means the sishya. The guru and the If you can come to the level of the guru, that is enough. Baba. How many of you will come to the level of the guru in this lifetime? No, we don't know. So if you are getting more accusations, you are close. Okay? If you are getting more opposition in your life, you are close. That is the reason why I said, God has to make you off all, off from, uh, us all from Palasa to Ilasa. And there has to be opposition for our value to increase. And then what did he do? Did he say, no, 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 what accusations you are, that you are bringing to me uh, is wrong. Let us go to the court. Did he say that? Okay, fine. He moved. And he moved from there and dug another well and they quarreled over it also. So he called, I mean, they did not quarrel, sorry, they did not quarrel over it. So he called the place, what? Rehoboth, for now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Amaya, the, the opposition has stopped, so what should we do? Stop digging? No, 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 no. See, whenever opposition stops in your life, if you get success, I'm telling you, which is more difficult to handle? Success. And many, many, many young people, they could not handle success. And one of the guys was a stalwart in the, in the tennis community. If you, I'm not sure if you know his name, Boris Becker. He's won his Grand Slam at the age of 16, Wimbledon. Unprecedented in the history of tennis. And afterwards he went into depression because he couldn't handle success. You see, the most dangerous position to be in Christendom is not, and that's, that's what I told you, right? I kept, keep telling you, the safest position is a safe, is a position of war and not relaxation. When you're in war, then you're safe. 
Anyways, so he called his name Rehoboth for now the Lord has made us room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. And then what did, what did he do? Then he went up from there to where? Beersheba. What is that? A land of seven bells. He dug another more, seven more bells. Beersheba. And then, did he stop there? No, he didn't stop there. Next verse, verse 24 onwards. The Lord appeared to him the same night and said to him, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, I am, I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my, for my servants, Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants, what? Ah, never stop digging, my dear brothers and sisters. Keep digging and digging and digging and digging. You finished in English? Start in Nigerian English. Finish the Bible. Telugu. Hindi. Malayalam. Start digging, digging, digging. Start reading. Start studying. Start digging for your own self, not for others. For, for your own self. Don't stop digging. Be like the horse which paws in the valley. Why? Proverbs chapter 10 verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a what of life? A fountain of life. Out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. It will spring forth rivers of living water. And it's only when you go deeper in the Lord, you will get a big catch. Remember? In Luke's gospel chapter 5, Jesus is preaching at the, at the shore using Peter's boat. And after that he said, you know what? Just let us go a little deep, from shallow to deep. What will we get? We'll get a catch. You want to be really successful in your evangelism? Go deeper with the Lord. Go deeper with the Lord. Go deeper with the Lord. Understand the Lord deeper. And then you will understand a human heart deeper. You will know the heart of God. You will know exactly the kind of word to preach to the person who is going through the situations. That is the reason why he says, morning by morning he awakens me to hear. That means what was God doing? What was Jesus doing? He was digging and digging and digging and he heard the heard the word of God. He studied the word of God and then he knew exactly what word to preach at the time to those who are weary. And you will know exactly what word to give because you have dug deeper and deeper. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 4. The words of man's mouths are what? Are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. So dig deeper. So four things we looked at. First, 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 what? Strength. Second, clothing. Third, what is that? Snorting, majestic snorting. Fourth, pawing the valley. Dig deeper. Then, let's go to the next. That is pawing the valley. Next one. He mocks at fear and is not frightened, nor does he turn back. In other words, don't give up. Adi. Don't give up. Don't drawing, no drawing back. No drawing back. This is not for those people who will retreat. In other words, a horse, it is just going forward. No stopping it. No turning back. Yes, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. Goodbye world. I stay no, no, no longer with you. Why is this important, my dear brothers and sisters? Hebrews chapter 10. For you have need of endurance so that after you have... Uh, Ah, done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little while and he who has come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has what? No pleasure in him. Now think about it. Did you draw back in 2019? Did you give up in certain areas in your life? The sin, again, you made samjhota with your sin. You know, It's like, you know, you allowed a serpent, oh, stay there, okay? 
stay there. I will not do anything to you. You will, uh, you don't do anything to me. Can you do that? And that is what many actors do. They'll have pythons in their home. Python is a pet. One day that fellow will follow you. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you say, a serpent, you stay there, okay? You came into my house, stay there in the corner. Don't come near me. I will not do anything to you, you don't do anything to you. You switch off the light, we don't know where it is. Gone. There's only one thing. Kill the serpent, move on. Don't draw back. This is not drawing back here. No samjhota. No samjhota express. No peace with the devil. There's only war. Till we go to the other side of eternity, there's only war. And if you draw back, you know what Jesus says, my soul shall not have any pleasure in you. And he goes on to say, but we are not of those who draw back. Ha! Once saved, always saved, brother. I don't know. When I read the scripture, I don't know what to, how do I interpret this. Very clear for me. You can draw back to perdition. Tom Hanks wrote to perdition. But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition. God says, I don't have pleasure in you. Now think about, think about things in your life which cause you to draw back. Relationships? Relationship which cause you to draw back? Luke's Gospel chapter 9 verse, verse 62. Yet another said, I will follow you. Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand on the plow and turns back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Fitness test. You're gone. You've lost the fitness test. This is what spiritual fitness test is. And that is, the, that is the reason why I like the word, uh, the, the book Pilgrim's Progress, no? His, 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 uh, Christian, I mean Pilgrim. He, he's not a Christian. He's not Christian yet. He's Pilgrim. Now he's going away from the city of destruction and his, fa- and his children are calling him, Daddy, come back home. He just closes his ears and he runs out of the city of perdition. He says, destruction is coming, destruction is coming, destruction is coming. Run. No drawback. In other words, any other relationship which will hinder you from progressing in your walk with the Lord, consider it as dead. Dead? Dead boss. That is the reason why he says, let the dead bury the dead. But you come and follow me. No drawing back, my dear brothers and sisters. What is causing you to draw back? Offense? Some teaching got offended? Some, some, some Something has offended you? So, think about, no? You started on fire 2019 and something happened. You got offended and slowly Okay, your meetings got reduced. Your prayer meetings got reduced. Your worship, you don't come on time. Everything. Why? You know why? This is what I expected but I got offended. Got offended. And slowly you're drawing, drawing back, drawing back, drawing back. That same zeal is not there. The same fervor is not there. No drawing back. What has caused you to draw back this year? Look at what it says. In, you, you think the disciples didn't have this struggle? Look at what it says in John's Gospel chapter 6. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they said, this is a hard teaching. Who can understand it? It's not. They did not understand. They did not like what they understood. No, no, uncle, I did not understand. 
That's what people say. I did not understand. I did not understand. It's not that they did not understand. They did not like what they did not understand. What they did understand. Because they did not want to pay the price. When Jesus knew in him, but when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said, does this offend you? And then you know what happens? From that time, many, from that time, verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples, what? Went back. And walked him, walked with him, no more than Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? You know what Peter said? Lord, where can we go? You alone have the words of life. And I'm telling you, he says, you know what? I don't, it doesn't matter how much what you say offends me, I am not drawing back. Let it offend me. I'll get offended for a few days. But after that, sense will prevail. When the emotions cool down, when you start reasoning, no? How dare he says this to me? And then you cool down and he says, just start, start reasoning out. Start reasoning out. Aves Lot of avesam everybody has. Just cool down. How can you How can you uh, uh, Cool down. Uh, take, it, uh, take, take, take it easy, no? Take, take, uh, I, I hear that. How can she say this to me? How can you endure that? And I said, Baba, take it easy. Cool. We have said much worse things. To a lot of people. Cool down. And then when you start reasoning out, you know, recently, uh, in our own home, no, uh, my wife and I, uh, my, my wife and uh, the maid are having, an, having a discussion which turned into a real major clash over salary. Oh, you're doing this, ma- I'm doing this, mama, I'm doing this, mama, I'm doing this, mama, I'm doing this, mama. And then she was getting agitated and agitated. Both are getting agitated. Then, after a while, she cooled down, my wife cooled down. Everybody cooled down and she called and said, Amma, oh, sab kuch dil mein mat rakhiye aap. Dil pe mat liye aap. No, cool down. Take it easy. Don't get anta avesam bada kaanamira andar. We have all avesam, you know. There is only one avesam, that is daiva avesam. That is God's avesam. That is good avesam. But Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? It doesn't matter, Lord, how much you offend me. I am not good. You call me Satan. Two times he said, get thee get behind me, Satan. When he got, when he was tempted by the devil, he got, he said, get thee get behind me, Satan. When then Peter tempted him in a different way, he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Did he get offended? No. And only one fellow who got offended, that was, that was Judas. Finished. You know what happened. Went back to what? Perdition. Why? Because he got offended and he back. The more you're confronted, you know what you got to go, you get offended, right? Okay, you'll all get offended because the flesh will get offended. And then you go back to your home, chill, relax, take a ginger ale. <laughs> okay. And then reason will return. Okay, you'll feel hurt, you'll feel bad. Then start progressing slowly. And you know what? The words that have been spoken to you will start making sense. You are all looking at me intently because you all got very much avesam. See. Okay. Let don't draw back. Second, third, fourth, you get you get draw, you draw back because you got offended. Another way you get drawback is because you got success or you got failure. Either one, you can draw back. Are you wasted? That's exactly what dad's face is. I didn't get it, uncle. How many times I tried? 
Keep trying, Baba. You know what? There's a there's a chess player called Mikhail Thal. How many of you heard his name? Mikhail Thal. Ah, you know there's a there's a there's a chess tournament called Thal Memorial. Now he's called the guy who attacks in such incredible ways. When brilliant guy, okay. You know how he actually learned chess? He was so bad at chess. Extremely bad. But he loved the game and he lost and he lost and he lost and he lost and then he won one day. Finally, after that he never lost. He never lost. That is the reason why we have Tal Memorial. Of course, he is Jewish for whatever reason. I mean, I, 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 I'll tell something this guy, you know, what's his name? Uh, Bobby Fisher. They asked him this question, okay? Uh, they say that you are the best chess player in the world. You know what Bobby Fisher said? I played chess and therefore I happened to be a best chess player. If I would have done anything, I would have been best at that. My jaw dropped at that arrogance. He said, what? What arrogance? But anyway, that is besides the point. That was free. Become Mikhail Tal and not Bobby Fisher, okay? Mikhail Tal. See, no drawing back. Success or failure is not going to hinder you from trying. That is the reason why Rafa Nadal. Yeah, it's too much. How can we miss him now in the preaching? No? <laughs> okay. No, that's exactly what happens in Philippians chapter 3. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I what? Say everybody press on. Loudly. Ah, like a like a horse which is snorting. Press on. Say that. Uh, amen. Alright. <laughs> Press on that I may hold of that for which Christ Jesus has. You know what Christ, he says, you know what? You have this reward here, Paul. I want you to get this reward. I'm holding you for that. Oh, you want that? You have that reward for me, God? Take my other arm also. Partnership. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but Adokati. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward. What are forgetting those things behind? Success and failure. Both. You know, that, that's exactly what happens, no? Once you finish engineering, next entry. Ah, next, okay. Masters, next entry. Ah, masters over, PhD. Ah, next entry. Uh, that's exactly what my librarian said. After you after finish PhD, no sir, you are taking a flight and going to America. No sir, no, I said no, no. I'm here, very much. And I said, I'm getting my pastor. He looked at me as if somebody died. Anyway, brother, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward like a horse to those things which are ahead. There is something ahead in 2020 for us. Sound of rain, my dear brothers and sisters. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And that's exactly how Revelation chapter 4 it says, John, come up. Here. Come up. Press on. Don't be satisfied with the revelation I gave till chapter chapter 3. Oh Lord, nice, nice letters I wrote to the churches, rebuking letters. Oh, no, no, no. Something else is there. Come up, come up. Then he shows him the throne. 4 and 5. Boy, what an amazing vision that is. So let's press on. No drawing back. Look at five. Quickly. 
John Job 39 verse 23, the quiver rattles against him, the glittering spear and the javelin. What is that? The sound of weapons. He is weaponized. What is it? He is armed, Baba. He is licensed to kill. What are the weapons that we have? Second Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Where? Through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. And it says, casting down what? Imagination. So, my dear, how many of us imagine? I wish. Imaginations. Imaginations. A major problem. You know, I was the other day I was sharing with the people in Spatiyanti's home. You now in Bhagavad Gita, there's a, there's a conversation between, I'm not endorsing Bhagavad Gita, but there's a, a very interesting conversation between, between uh, Krishna and Arjuna. Krishna doesn't want, I mean, Arjuna doesn't want to go to war. Like you, all of us. He doesn't want to be a horse. Krishna is persuading him to go to war. And Arjuna says in the final chapter 16, 16, verse, chapter 16, verse 16, he says, you know what, You give me the answer to this question and I will Go to war. You know what is it? A very interesting shloka. It says, Aneka chitta vibhranto moha jala samamrutaha prashakta kama bhogeshu patanti nareke suchau. I'll tell you what. I explain this. Aneka chitta vibhranto. So many imaginations are leading me astray. Vibhranto leading me astray. Moha delusion. Jala web samamrutha. I'm, su- I'm surrounded by a web of deception and moham. Delusions. And my mind is full of imaginations. Prashakta means addictions. Prashakta kama bhogesha. I have so many addictions of lusts of this, lusts of the flesh in my, in my, in my mind. Patanti, they're dragging me. Narake, where? Hell. Suchao means a murk, a full of murky waters. It's like murky. It's like a ubi. You know, it's like a quicksand. It's trying to drag me deep down. How can I come out of it? And how can you call war karma, good karma, if my, I myself am so impure? What? I was like thinking about it. I said, what a verse. 1616. Bhagavad Gita. And then of course, uh, Krishna gives an answer. Do tapasya. And that's exactly, you know what, you know, remember, I remember, you know, the, uh, 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 Sadhu Singh, no? He was going to North India in this, in Rishikesh. One, one, one Pujari, I mean, one, uh, one, what is that, Sanyasi, was hanging upside down. The tree. Doing tapasya. And this guy, it's, uh, Sadhu Sundar Singh goes and says, what are you doing upside down? I want to kill all desire. Then Sadhu Sundar Singh looked at him and he said, is not the desire to kill all desire itself a desire? Dingaman gyanabal bilpindodagi. Got enlightened. <laughs> See? What is that? Having readiness. That's the reason is casting down imaginations. How we cast down imaginations? By the word of God. There are specific tools that the word of God gives us to cast out every imagination. Every delusion. Every delusion with the truth. That's what it says. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having readiness like a horse. Ready for battle. 
That is the reason why he says, my dear brothers and sisters, live as pilgrims and soldiers in this world. Why? There are fleshly lusts which are warring against your soul. And that is the reason why it says in First Peter chapter 4, which is my favorite verse. I hope it's there. <laughs> Sorry, it's not there. First Peter chapter 4 verse 1. Arm yourselves with this methodology of what? Thinking for those who have died to sin have been made alive to righteousness. Arm yourself. Arm yourself with thinking. Change your thinking patterns. Weaponize your mind, my dear brothers and sisters. Get arguments which will cause you to counter arguments which will cause you to sin. Oh my chalo it's a lot of words. That is, that is, uh, I can patent that for sure. That is original. Counter arguments in your mind. Ready. And then, casting down imaginations. Finally, Job 39. This is 6, 7. Okay, this is the seventh one. He devours the distance with fierceness and rage. Where Christ is there, I am here. The distance between Christ and me has to become smaller and smaller. Okay. Nor does he come to halt because the trumpet has sounded. At the blast of the trumpet, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar. The thunder of captains and shoutings. What is that? Be zealous. Adi, point. Zeal undal. Zeal lake pothi manayin jailam. If there is no zeal, we can do nothing. See, every topper has an attitude. Do you know that? You can't stop him from being a topper, ante. You can't. That's it. That fellow, that fellow is marching to a different beat altogether. I see some of our own children no, who want to become doctors and engineers and uh, IITNs and MBBS and I'll look at your walk. Doctor, engineer with this attitude. There's a different attitude for a winner. A different mindset. A fellow is like, you know, one of the things that he, you know, uh, they ask Rafa Nadal, what is the success? What is the secret for your success? He says, an unconditional love for the sport, whether I'll win or whether I'll lose. Kya baat hai? Unconditional love. And if that guy for a perishable crown can have this kind of an attitude, how much more you and I for an eternal crown? Osginus, he wrote a book called Two Minds. 1976, much before many of us were born. Look at what he says. A sure mark of Christian vision is an un, is a, an un, is a, is a godly impatience and holy restlessness. Kya baat hai? Godly impatience, holy restlessness. That is a sure mark of Christian vision. And they have to preach the gospel. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. I mean, it's a very interesting, I mean, you have to go to, uh, that is our mission statement to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 18. You don't have to turn there. What is the salary that you are getting, uh, uh, Apostle Paul? Salary? My salary is to preach the word of God. That's what he says. My salary is to preach the word of God. 
I mean, I, I was thinking about it, no? I, I, I remember Edward Williams is one of the very famous Telugu preachers. And he was caught, I mean, in one of his uh, interviews, he, he gives us uh, interesting uh, uh, experience that he had when he was called for interview for CBN, okay? Uh, to become an anchor in CBN. Okay, so there were several, several candidates which were called. And after uh, after all several rounds, two candidates were left. Him and another guy. So, I think it was, uh, what's his, Pat Roberts, Robertson? Son, if I'm right. Okay, Pat Robertson's son was the final interview. Okay, in the final interview, they, he was asked this question: "What are you expecting from us?" HR question, right? No, it is a privilege for me to work in your company. <laughs> oh, your esteemed company, the kind of products that they make, I want to be a part of it. Ah, no way! She said, "Any lies, Jeff? No, in the interviews, so many lies." True lies. <laughs> See, he says, he's like, he asked him this question, what are you expecting from the company? And you know what? He, that answer that he gave just blew my mind away. You know, he said, what do you mean by that? The platform that you're giving me to preach the gospel to the millions itself is my salary. That is what I'm expecting. What else do you want me to expect from you? That guy was shocked at the answer. And you know, that was ringing in my mind. No? Think about it. Okay? I'll just put myself. The, the opportunity to share from this pulpit is my salary. Can I say that? Adi zeal, That is zeal. That is, that is a true mark of a Christian vision, my dear brothers and sisters. You know, they come to my, to our school, no? Teachers for interviews, no? What is the salary that you want to give us? salary The moment somebody says salary, my BP rises. Salary? Oh Lord, have mercy. Christian organizations, you don't ask salary. If you want salary, go to Amazon. They will not give you salary. <laughs> they will take the life out of you and they will give you what they call a salary. And you'll say, life for this. Or any other company for that matter. The opportunity to be a minister of the word of God itself is my salary. Boy! Boy! That is zeal, my dear brothers. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. 12, 11 again. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, let your fervency not drop even an iota. Okay? If you're working for God, if you don't get a raise, your fervency will drop. If you're working for, I mean, if you're not working for God, if you're working for God, it doesn't matter what you get. Your same zeal, win or lose, unconditional love for God. Titus chapter 2. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself own special people, zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. Revelation chapter 3 verse 19. As many as I love and rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. 
Understand? Zealous. Zealous. Go, go back home and read First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 18 and you will go crazy. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Necessity has been laid upon me. That is zeal. Now, the caution, word of caution over here. Now, zeal, horse, no. It's training to go, but it has to be under control. It has to be under harness. Okay? Why, if you have, you can have zeal in a different way too. Romans chapter 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be for they may be saved, for I bear them witness that they have a, a zeal for not uh, Krishna. Zeal for who? Yahweh. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. That's exactly what happened to Apostle Paul. Full zeal. In the wrong way. Full zeal. I mean, think about it. Now, one man of God where I gave a very interesting, uh, uh, I mean, observe, made a very interest, interesting observation about Apostle Paul. He says, you know what? He had the backing of the state. He had the license to kill. Right? Because he was the one who was holding the garments of those who were stoning St- St- Stephen. Right? And he had, he had the backing of the spiritual, I mean, so the so-called religious establishment. He had the backing of everybody and he was opposing the church. And you know what God calls that? Kicking against the goats. That's what he calls it. And you know what the man of God said? It doesn't matter how many people try to oppose Christianity. They may be having the backing of the state. They may be having the license to put us in prison. You know what it is equal to? Kicking against the goats. Kicking against the goats. They can change laws. They can do anything. But they will not be able to stop Christianity. That is besides the point. Let's move on. He says, these are, these people have what? Zealous. They are zealous for God, but not without, not, but what, not with knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to, you know what happens? When, you know, you know, when our zeal gets misdirected, when we try to establish our own righteousness. That is when we go out of hand. Like, for example, emotions, for example. Anger is an emotion. We don't have complete picture, but we get angry. And we start shooting our mouth. This person should not have that. That person. Trying to seek your own right, I mean, establish your own righteousness. No, 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 no. Take it easy. James chapter 1, look at what it says. So then, my beloved brethren, let everybody be ah swift to hear. That's what we have been learning over the past several days in our church. Slow to, slow to anger, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Let your zeal be under control. Let your love be without emotion, in other words. I mean, in the sense that you have can have emotion, but sometimes love doesn't have to have emotions. Let your anger be without sin. Be angry, but do not sin. Let your giving be with knowledge. Oh, you just start giving left, right and center. Zeal under control. That is the reason why a very important aspect of being zealous is also to have a mentorship. I mean, I keep coming back to this, no. <laughs> It's like, you know, there's only one lesson I teach. I know. I have a cow. His name is Mao. 
and it's it eats grass and any other essay you ask me i will only talk about the cow one one thing which i keep on talking about is mentorship say everybody say mentorship mentorship a man who holds the reins my father my father the chariots of israel and its horsemen whom is he calling elisha elisha is calling who elijah is calling elijah my father my father the chariots of israel and its horsemen who's the horseman Elijah is a horseman. Who is a horse? Elisha is a horse. Ardama Gilea. Who has the control? Elijah is the control. James chapter 3. Indeed we all make many mistakes. Hmm? For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a bit in its mouth. So, let God have the bit in his hand or come under mentorship who can guide you. You know how sensitive a horse is? You just have to do a tweak like this to the right and it will turn right. And tweak like this to the left and it will turn left. Sensitive to that discipline and mentorship. That's exactly the reason why it says in Isaiah, you will hear a voice telling you, Turn this way, turn that way. Turn this way, turn that way. You know what? Because you have learned to come under spiritual mentorship and your zeal is under control now. You are not trying to establish your own righteousness. You are trying to establish God's righteousness in your life and also in the lives of others. So this morning, even as I close, let's come back to the first verse that I looked at today. One slide. And I'm going to end. My anger is kindled against the shepherds and I will punish the goat herds for the Lord of his host will visit his flock, the house of Judah, and will make them into a royal horse ready for battle. And for that, what is he sending? The rain. The rain. So are we ready? Are we ready to become horses for God? Okay. One horse. We're all one horse. You're not horses. We are one horse for God. Okay. Correction. One horse for God. So this morning, Pastor James, can you, we are, we are finishing the year. So please come and bless us and then we'll stop. We're ending the year. It's an awesome, awesome word from the Lord. Don't lose your zeal. Or should I ask you, did you have zeal in the first place? When you are zealous, there will be a lot of distractions from the world, from the people, sometimes from family, and like David, turn away. Because what does he say? It's not there a cause. It's not there a cause. That cause drove David all the days of his life. You read the account of Jesus when he's revealed in the public. It begins with zeal for his father's house. And scripture says, zeal for his father's house has consumed him. And if you look at his end of his ministry, the same zeal in the house of God. It was zeal that consumed him from the beginning till the end. 
we both are pastors, but when I go to pastors, I said one of the most miserable sights in life is to see pastors without zeal. I call them hirelings. No zeal. Just a job. You should quit and get a job. And you as Christians, as believers, God's children, don't be a sight. I know how zealous you are for sports. And how zealous you are for movies. And how zealous you are to talk. That's not where your zeal should be so shown. Zealous are you, you are for the things of God. Zeal, 2020. Three days. Today see, 29th. 29, 30, 31. Three days. God can do everything in three days. Everything in three days. Can change it all around. It's not that you don't have, there's nobody here who doesn't have zeal. You'll say, no, I have no zeal at all. All I want is to sleep. You're zealous for sleep. Everybody has. Can we channel it in 2020 with the things of God and fulfill scripture? Seek you first. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All, I wish he had not just finished with what Krishna told Arjuna, but also explained what are the five things, right? Five, seven things. Oh, that would have been awesome. Because that seven things that is possible for Arjuna to come out is fulfilled only in Christ and nobody else. Only in Christ. Only in Christ. Okay. So shall we stand up? Before God. To do all this, you only have to stand up. You don't have to hang upside down. (laughs) Our God is so gracious, so simple. We just have to stand in His presence. Don't have to try anything. Hang upside down, roll down the stairs, up the stairs. Even in Christianity, don't look at other religions. You go to Tamil Nadu, that church called Velankani, and you see the kind of crazy stuff people do to receive something from living God. You have to see all these things. You know, God has made it so easy and we make it so complicated. Let's look to the Lord as we close a final Sunday. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. You just didn't save us. It was not the end. It was the beginning. The beginning of an incredible journey now and into eternity. All we can say, who are we, O Lord, that you are mindful of us? Who are we, O Lord, that you brought us thus far? To see the liberty in Christ to see the freedom we are, we have in Christ. In everything, Lord, from the beginning of salvation till the end, it is only victory. Help us to see through the eyes of God that salvation itself is victory. That even death is victory. In Christ, nothing is failure. Nothing is a failure. Because Christ is a man of war. 
From generation to generation, he has never lost a battle. And so are his children in him. For your word says you take us in triumph in Christ Jesus. He cannot take us in defeat. For our God is an man of war. And I pray the Christ in each one will arise. For he is the hope of our glory. That this new year that is coming, we would truly struggle to die so that he may live. And we will taste that victory you bought for us on the cross where you subdued, you emptied, disarmed powers of darkness, made them nothing in the heavenlies, made a spectacle of them in the heavenlies. And each one standing here would experience that in their inner man. That the powers of darkness are being subdued and disarmed by the Christ in me. And is being made a spectacle in the heavenlies. We walk in victory, Lord. Commit the church into thy hands. Every brother, every sister, every child, new and old, even those who have come for the first time, we may not know them, but you know them. You know them by name. And you know everyone at what stage of the journey they are in. And I pray, Father, even now, you would reach out and touch each one. Touch, Lord, touch. One touch. One touch. Above all, touch the ears of everyone that we might hear. That we might incline our ears to you. As Peter said, because you alone have the words of life. No one else has. You alone. And your word is spirit and life and truth to everyone who receives it. And your word says the word of God has power to work in those who believe. It is the very power of God being released into our inner man. Pray, Lord, that open ears and open heavens. Next three days, as we continue to wait in your presence, continue to speak to us. Continue to prepare us. Continue your work through the coming year, Lord. Thank you, Father. I bless your people in your name. May the blessing of the living God rest upon them, pursue them, overtake them. Let them find favor with God and with favor with man. And may the presence of God be their true living experience. That what you have said would be our experience each day. Thank you, Father. Once again, by faith, believing the blood of Jesus, the word of the living God, and the sanctifying presence of the Holy Spirit has cleansed us. We lift up holy hands in your presence and we bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name and we proclaim in your house, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And in Jesus name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. Amen.